You're listening to Good Morning, the podcast talking all things grief with honesty and humor. Welcome back to the Good Morning Podcast. Hi guys, we are your hosts, Sal and Im, and we are back today with our community-driven Grief Tip Tuesday segment where we share your griefy tips and advice by you all, for you all. And haven't we got a banger of a convo for you guys? This one's been a long time coming. How many fucking innuendos can I get in one sentence? <laughs> For our first Grief Tip Tuesday of the season. Sal, tell us what we're talking about, if you haven't guessed already. Absolutely brilliant um, innuendo. (laughs) Guys, we are talking about a topic that can sometimes feel a little bit taboo, but it bloody shouldn't be because it's a big one, and that is grief and sex. And I think it can feel like a really awkward one to broach, can't it, Im? Because... If people haven't experienced loss, they might not realize that grief can impact your sex life and your sex drive so massively. And it's actually been really fascinating pulling this episode together, hasn't it? Because the really responses have been so varied. So I think it's going to be a pretty educational one. But also, I think a lot of you are going to feel very seen and validated is what I would say. We had a message last night in our DMs and um, someone was asking, they're like, oh, have you ever talked about like grief and sex? You know, I'm feeling really uncomfortable even asking you about it, but like, I just don't feel like I can be myself anymore. So yeah, it's so great now that we can direct people to this conversation because we haven't talked about it and it is a huge, huge part of grief, you know, coming back from grief. Um So we wanted to flag that we're mindful that a lot of our listeners are grieving the loss of their partner or spouse as well. So we do cover all elements of grief and sex during this episode, um, including what people's experiences have been when it was their partner who died. So we just wanted to flag that as well. And um, before we get in as well, we wrote a book. (laughs) And we wanted to let you guys know if you haven't heard the news yet, but let's be honest, you probably have. Yes, we wrote a book. Um, It's called Good Morning, Honest Conversations About Grief and Loss. It's available um, in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Ireland and Europe, and it's coming to America and Canada on the 2nd of May. It's basically our podcast in book form, um, a support group in a book, and we really hope you guys like it. And we won't bang on about it too much. Another innuendo there. But um, (laughs) yeah, it's basically a support group in book form, and we really hope it helps you all navigate this crazy journey that is grief. And if you have got the book already, guys, please tag us on Facebook, not Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're reading it. We love to see where you guys are when you're reading our book. And please leave us a review wherever you bought the book from as well. Um, Just let us know what you're thinking of it. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, So let's jump back into grief and sex. Let's start by just talking a little bit about our experiences. Um, What was your experience like, Sal? Oh, after mum died, for quite a while to be honest I wasn't interested at all it was the last thing on my mind just I was near bothered um (laughs) and I think what has helped over time is just trying to be really present and conscious and trying to make sure that we have moments of connection not necessarily like sexual connection but just that intimate connection that could lead to it because yeah I just felt so exhausted and just not like myself and I know we've talked about this but like the grief face like I felt like my face had changed Mm. I just didn't feel 
in any way sexy or like I even had the energy or headspace to even entertain sex. It was just, yeah, it just, just went straight to the bottom of the pile, to be honest. The well, confidence what about piece, you? Like the confidence piece is a big one, isn't it? When it comes to this topic, like, yeah, mm-hmm. just, just grief can really impact your self-confidence and self-esteem. And obviously they're two really big things that you kind of need to want to feel intimate with someone. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's a biggie, but I was the same. Um, for me, <laughs> my issues were like, I was constantly in my head. So I was like constantly ruminating, especially in the early months or like first year, I was, all I could think about was my dead mum. So it was like, how am I supposed to just switch that off, which I couldn't switch it off and then go and like have sex. It just felt like almost wrong. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be thinking about that or thinking about my dead mum while I'm like having sex. It was just so hard to switch my head off. Yes. Um, So that was my big issue with it. And just so emotional like oh yeah I remember it being just hard and it's kind of like that first time as well you do it after your big loss it's like oh yeah it's a it's a funny thing but I was exhausted as well and it was just the last thing on my mind and let's be honest thinking about your parents when you're about to get it on is probably like (laughs) the biggest buzzkill ever so yes can I can totally relate to that you're not really going to be in the mood if you're just thinking about your mum no but I think it's good to just take the, the pressure off, you know, if you're not feeling yourself, don't don't feel like you you should be. Absolutely. And did you do anything to kind of help get reestablish a bit of a connection, an intimate connection once you did feel a bit better? Or is it still like now, nah, mate? Not <laughs> some <kidding>. handcuffs and <laughs> yeah. some massage oil. No, we did not do that. Um I think like you, it was it was more about like focusing on keeping that intimate connection, whether it's sex or whether it's like, you know, spending time together, having deep conversations or connecting, like just making sure you're staying connected with your partner because grief can really disconnect you from the world and everyone in it. Like you can, I I know I felt really unplugged from my life. So it was, I was making that conscious effort to connect with, with Ben and, and just check in and, yeah, I mean, eventually I think I did start to um, start to get intimate again, but it took some time. It took some time, and I know that that can impact your relationship as well, which is the last thing that we need. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just, just making sure that you are putting aside that time to keep that connection alive, alive, another pun, <laughs> is a good thing to do. But there's so much info that we'll jump into. Um, if you guys, before we get into it, if you guys enjoy the pod and find our content helpful, we would absolutely love it if you could please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast as it helps Good Morning get seen by others who may benefit from listening to it. So let's jump in and we're not going to be calling out any Instagram handles on this one because we are respecting people's privacy. It's a bit of a sensitive topic. Um, and that also saves me and Sal from trying to trying to read them out because that's always hilarious. Oh, yeah. No seedy spaces in this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do love it. Um All right. So the first person who wrote in, they said, I am glad you're opening up the conversation around this topic. It's kind of taboo to talk about, but it shouldn't be. Another person said, I'm afraid to lose everyone I love now, which means I keep my guard up even with my partner. That's an interesting one. Yes. Very common. Yes. I think, you know, we, 
we don't want to kind of be vulnerable when we've lost someone we love. There is that fear and that can kind of play into then how we're intimate with others. You know, if we're just so consumed by by fear and anxiety, we don't really Absolutely. tend to let ourselves go. Absolutely. And I like this next one because it really highlights how much of a mixed bag this is and how everyone grieves so differently. Um, This person wrote in and said, I had sex the day after my son died. I'm glad I did. I was so out of body. I needed an anchor. Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, it is such an out of body experience. Like I felt like, yeah, like I said before, really unplugged and disconnected from life. So I guess in some ways for some people that would be a bit of an anchor, like bringing you back into the moment a bit. Um, Someone else has written in and said, I find sex to be such a wonderful place to escape into. The problem is after the sex comes the tears and more tears, not terribly sexy after a sex session for it to end in tears. It's like the physical release causes my heart to spill out too and difficult to navigate as it's quite confronting to my husband. Mm, I have heard like crying after sex is quite common, especially when you're grieving. And I think it would, it's such an emotional connection, is it? It's such an emotional thing as well as being Yeah, I'm guilty sex. of it. I'm have you had a sex cry? I've had a sex cry. A sex yeah. Cry, sex. Absolutely, yeah. There you go. I've yeah. not had a sex cry, but that doesn't surprise me though. Because <laughs> you're an emotional robot. That goes, no, that goes back to our different styles <laughs> of like expressing ourselves, though. Yes, right? so true. Yeah, back I'm more like going manically clean the house. Um, <laughs> and after sex, clean. That's yeah. me. Uh, or write a list. <laughs> like I think you know, for a lot of people, like grief is so in. It's such an emotional, no, not grief, but sex is such an emotional experience as well, like grief. And so if you've got all these pent up emotions going on inside of you and you have that physical release, it also causes that emotional release. So there's my science for the day. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and, I'm guilty of a, of a cry session. After and I think it's normal. And it's really like, this is so good why we're doing this ep- this episode to highlight all the different ways that we respond, right? Because mm. For some people, it's like, nap, don't come near me. And for some others, it is an anchor, but it's also an emotional release. And and someone else here says, very early days for me, but it's been two months since my mum died suddenly and unexpectedly. I have had no interest in sex. And my husband has commented on my lack of affection. He's generally very supportive, but this is the one thing he doesn't seem to understand. To me, it's just another thing that doesn't matter right now. And I'm really trying my best to carry on being a mum and keep working and keep the house running. But feeling sexy is not on my radar amongst the tears and exhaustion. I feel you. I feel Mm. you. You know, having a child and doing all those house things anyway can impact your sex life alone and then throw in grief in the mix and the loss of your mum. Like it's, it's no wonder you're feeling that way. But I think I've just tried to just gently try to explain to him where you're at emotionally and how difficult it is for you, you know, juggling all of these things and, and being intimate right now is just not coming supernaturally. And I know for some people, not just men, some people, their love language is physical intimacy. So I think perhaps for your husband, he's maybe feeling like you're, not as into him anymore. He's probably not able to look past that and think, oh, she's just grieving right now. But I think that could be another factor coming into play. Definitely. It's so weird that you said that because I was literally just Googling 
the five love languages uh-huh. as you were saying that because yeah so for those of you that haven't heard the five love languages it's a book by gary chapman it's been around for years and years and years but it's actually really interesting and it's a really interesting exercise to do with your partner and you can take a quiz because i think we equate love to sex and physical affection and you know emotional connection but Mm. there are five love languages and it's quite different for everybody so um just very quickly the the five ways that we can express love or receive love are words of affirmation acts of service receiving gifts quality time and physical touch so if your partner is somebody who you know, wants to have a lot of sex, maybe one of their love languages is physical touch. But I know like for me, minor words of affirmation, receiving gifts, lol, <laughs> like acts of service. No, shame no, no shame. Like putting the bins out. Oh. I feel loved when Ant's proactive about doing household chores, like yeah. more than him. Like I'm not a touchy feely person. Like I'm just not, but, but he is right. Yeah. So I know that I, I need to be, touchy-feely with Ant for him to feel my love and I need to make sure that I'm doing that whereas for him he needs to be conscious about showing me that he's like helping around the house and like that might sound crazy but if you can establish like what your partner needs in terms of terms of their love language that can be a game changer because for them they might not you might not need physical touch as much and that's maybe why you're not craving sex but yeah but there are other ways that you they can show you love vice versa what are yours in it's really interesting it's a fun little exercise for um people to do but mine is the top one would be words of affirmation mm-hmm. and um ben's is physical touch so it's so funny though when i try to explain to him i'm like i need words of affirmation as my love language and he just pays me out and he's like oh you did such a wonderful job cooking the meal and i'll just take the piss out of it it's really funny <laughs> but it's like i always need that like affirmation that like i'm doing a good job or he's or he's happy or things like that but so yeah, that's my top one and i think acts of service as well like it's pretty damn sexy when you take the bin out without me having to fucking ask you yeah um, <laughs> it's so sexy honestly he is more likely to (laughs) i say get it but like you know i can get it get it um but you know that is way more likely if you just clean the kitchen rather than like pinch me bum do you know what i mean oh yeah how good is it when they clean the kitchen (laughs) um anyway enough about that um this one's really interesting here uh someone's written in and said around six months after my mum passed away i was started on an antidepressant slash anti-anxiety medication by my gp this made me feel numb resulting in taking away my libido And I went off it after six months as I found a wonderful counsellor. My libido returned and things in the bedroom with my partner came back to normal. Mm. This is a really good one to talk about. I was on anti-anxiety medication for on and off for years. And I had literally a non-existent libido when I was on it. Like I felt nothing, absolutely nothing. Like couldn't even orgasm. Like Mm. it was fucking weird. So that's really normal. So if you you are taking... um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication and you're feeling like sex is the last thing on your mind right now that is definitely one of the symptoms it's a common side effect isn't it yeah Um, side effect yeah not symptom that's right (laughs) common side effect yeah 
And we've got someone here that says, I feel bad for my partner, but I'm also resentful that he thinks I have the emotional space for sex. Another one here says, I have a very sympathetic partner that has helped me with craving intimacy. That's lovely. Quite another one here. Someone has written in and said, the more I reconnected with myself or the new version of me, the more I felt ready to be intimate. Mm. And I think that's self-esteem and self-confidence and just working through the feelings like grief can make you feel like a different person. So it it takes some time to like reestablish who you are. So I think that's a really good one. Another one here, I find what I'm comfortable sharing about loss on a first date to be an indicator about the other person and whether they may be something and intimacy there. Um, That's really interesting because I think like dating when you're grieving is another big topic that we should perhaps give its own Mm. um, episode at some point. But yeah, how do you, how do you know? Because obviously we're in such a raw emotional state and you're meeting someone who you don't know, they're going to be able to hold that for you. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's a big one. It reminds me of the conversation we had with Nick Kelly and Nikki Saar about their experience with dating as widows and I think Nick said something very similar about having that people holding that space for him and being open to hear about his grief and his loss being an indicator there could be something there yes and he put like widow widower widower yeah widower on his dating profile account just to you know stop people not that are not like willing to you know, talk to him about that, which I think mm-hmm. is a really good thing too, just being really upfront about your situation. Definitely, because I think vulnerability is so key to intimacy, isn't it? Absolutely. It's all about being vulnerable, right? Um, someone else has written in and said, for me, sex can be a means of escaping from grief, which I think can be common too. Um, we've got another one. I lost my husband and I'm 33 years old. I miss having someone to be intimate with. We are so sorry. Um it's very lonely as well when you lose your partner and not having that person there to be intimate with. Like it's a, it's a really, really lonely experience. So we are sending all of the widows and widowers who are listening to this episode so much love and you're not alone. And we hope it helps you. Um, we have another one here for me. My new partner is pressuring me to get in the mood and it affects me. He can't fully understand grief. That's a really tricky one, isn't it? I feel like that's that's been a bit of a common theme that's popped up so mm. far. People not being able to understand. It's a, it's a tricky one to navigate. And I think trying to be as open and honest as you can, but also not feeling the pressure if you really aren't feeling up for it. Mm. Um, having those boundaries in place is really important. And just back to the widow point, we are going to talk about that a little bit more, aren't we, Im, as we go through this episode? Because there are some in- there's some interesting things that we uncovered when we, we learned were- something. We did learn quite a few things about yeah. um, widowhood and sex and grief. Um, so stay tuned because we're going to dive into that shortly. We've got someone else here who says, I'm simply surviving every day and sex is the last thing I think about and that's it it's you feel like you're in survival mode don't you especially in the early days early year like the whole fucking year I was in survival mode so yeah no wonder that sex is not at the top of the list when we're literally just surviving trying to find our feet again and when it feels like our world's falling apart so we feel you Someone else here says, my sex drive has increased and my partner keeps me happy and I enjoy the feel-good hormones. Another one here says, after my dad died, my sex drive went through the roof. 
Love so, so interesting. And also, so some people, as we've kind of found out, are like, yes, I want sex. It's a release. I feel good. My sex drive has gone really high. Other people like you and I am are like, nah, not interested. <laughs> so it's different for everybody. And we asked our good friend and the psychotherapist, Megan Reardon Jarvis, who was one of our last podcast guests. So definitely give her a follow because she is fantastic. We asked her like, okay, what is going on as a professional? Can you tell us why some of us want sex after loss and some of us go completely off it? And she said, basically, when someone we love dies, the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that that triggers the fight or flight stress response, um, it enlarges the response to trauma. Part of the limbic system of the brain, the, olymp- the amyg- amygdala activates that fight, flight, and freeze mode, which keeps us alive. But a side effect of that enlargement is the rest of the normal messages that are typically delivered as regular as like, you know, the, like an email, they suddenly <laughs> end up in the wrong house. So basically, and stay with me guys, sexual desire is believed to be ha- housed in the hypothalamus, hypothalamus hypothalamus and it's one of the parts of the brain that experiences like the regular email delivery after a trauma some of some people might get more emails than usual and they might find they're filled with sexual desire while others get no emails and their inbox is empty for months or even years right that's us yeah that's us yeah (laughs) um she says as well, like another thought about sexual desire is that it's at the root of procreation and the survival of our species. So some people believe that the instinct to have sex is stronger because it combats the threat of death. And it's almost like a, you're embracing life. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting? Um, yeah. And she goes on to, to explain that like many of her clients have reported wanting the physical escape of sex. Um, and she says this is in a in kind of popular culture. This is acted um, by Halle Berry in Monsters Ball after the death of her son. It's a film. If you guys haven't oh seen God, it, oh my god, have you seen it? I don't she think she is actually... so fucking good in it, Sal. You need to go watch it. But yes, I know the scene she's talking about, and it is just so raw and intense. Yes. Like, okay, I'm yeah. going to go and watch that because I think it would be good to it's a heavy watch, but it's really good. She's phenomenal in it. Okay, well, you know me, I like a heavy watch. Yeah. yeah. British crime dramas, so this will be fine. I feel um, like my mum actually made me watch this movie. Well, sounds about watch right. Like when I was a kid, probably. <laughs> That's why I'm so traumatised. Um, uh, but she says, while others want to combat the intense sense of aloneness, um, it can be... Sorry, I'll say it again. Some people want to combat that sense of aloneness that we can get through grief by having an intimate connection like sex. Mm. Um, she also says that actor Rob Delaney writes a beautiful scene about how he and his wife have sex three times a day while they're waiting for their young son's brain surgery to be completed. Mm. And widow writers Rebecca Wolf and Melissa Gold write frankly about their natural desire for sex never waning. In fact, it re- reawakened or increased, which is... Again, it's less talked about than many people kind of know. So I think there's, they're both normal responses to grief, she basically says. So I think that's a really good way to think about it is the male system 
You know, your inbox might be flooded, but it might be completely empty. I really like that analogy. So hopefully yeah. that's helpful, guys. That is from an expert as what is going on and why some of us want it and some of us couldn't think of anything worse. So interesting. Thanks, MRJ. MRJ, yeah. Interesting addition there. And I feel like, yeah, it's just, you wouldn't normally think about that, would you? You just think, oh, what's wrong with me? We just judge ourselves and think there's something wrong, but our body is is reacting and totally it's all normal it is and we've got another one here saying i've i've had great sadness around the lack of physical touch um another another person here says i wasn't interested at all my emotions were a complete mess someone else says something similar i had disinterest and then guilt about my disinterest and then guilt around displaying affection around other grievers Mm, very complicated yeah it is isn't it and um I think there can be guilt when we feel like we're displaying affection around other people who are grieving but also then there can be guilt when we feel like we're not giving our partners or other people the intimacy that they crave and I think we just need to really give ourselves lots of grace yeah another person said I had no drive at all and it felt inappropriate even wanting to be intimate Another person says, grief makes me so exhausted. Sometimes all I want to do is cuddle and sleep. can oh, absolutely we, we relate you. to that. <laughs> yes. We've got another um, one here. Yeah. I'll take over, Sal. You've been, you've been going for a, Give me a break. minute. Yeah. <laughs> have a sip of water. Um, we've got another one here. I have no sex drive, so feel unsexual in every way. Yeah. Another one, I don't want it anymore. My poor husband, someone else said, my sex drive does not exist. I'm afraid the floodgates will open if I'm intimate. Sex to sobbing in seconds. I love it. Is that a song, a new song title? Sex to um, sobbing. I love it. Sound- yes, yeah, great, isn't it? I mean, it's maybe, not great, but it's... <laughs> maybe that should be the, the title of this podcast episode. Sex to sobbing. Um, I feel guilty that I'm just not into it anymore. And after my miscarriage, I'm too scared that my body will fail me again. So sorry that you are going through that. Um, we've got another one here that says I'm in my head a lot of the time and I am now a lot more thoughtful about who I choose to be intimate with. Someone said my husband took his own life in August and I'm not even craving or wanting it. We are so, so sorry. Mm. That's really recent still. And I know obviously being through suicide loss as well, it takes a long time to process. So you take your time. Um, someone said my husband and I are just drained all the time and everything in our space has become a place to just be without pressure and honestly putting in the extra effort just fit, just feels like too much. The romance has become hard to access after a certain point for us too. Mm. That's another one to talk about when it has gone on for so long, it can kind of feel a bit awkward to like reignite that, that passion too, mm-hmm. which can feel hard, but yeah, it's really tricky. I think it's, um, you came up with a phrase like, I don't know if you came up with this, but you mentioned um, an analogy earlier, Im, about, and isn't it was a conversation we were having offline, and you said something you've been doing when it feels too much is eating the elephant, and like how good. would you eat an elephant? You just eat little bits at a time, right? One bite at a time. Yeah. And I think when it comes to intimacy and sex, if you're not feeling like you are up for it or it's gone on for a while and you're not sure how to reestablish it because there's quite a lot of responses here that are saying I just don't feel like it and obviously Mm. you and I have been in that situation as well 
communication is so key but just remember there are other ways that you can be intimate without having sex um and there are ways that you can show love and affection and have some of that physical contact that might lead into sex but start small like don't think if you if you're really struggling like of course you're not going to feel like being like well hey let's you know like get to it get the old james brown on if you're not you're feeling... so funny oh my god <laughs> so... i'm a six-year-old woman aren't i trapped in a 37 year old's body so good Get um, James Brown on. <laughs> but guys like take the pressure off yourself but there are ways to create that intimacy yeah and even just like having that chat trying to like talk about how you're both feeling being really open and honest if you can that can even form like a sense of closeness that can then maybe you can build on. So I think it doesn't have to be straight at it, like straight into having sex. I, I think there are ways that you can start to like rebuild that that bond. I think it's really important to also just give yourself grace. Grief we know isn't a three month stint. It can feel exhausting months and years after a loss. And sometimes we just don't have the energy. And I think just making sure that you are trying to be as open and honest with the other person as possible um, that yeah, can, yeah. can really help. Yeah, good good advice, Sal. Got a lot of libido chat here. Someone said, I feel numb and it takes ages for my libido to get going. Someone else has said theirs is completely gone. Another person said, I've got no desire to have sex with my fiance and it feels like a chore. Um, and someone said, I've always been a bedtime person, but since my dad died, he's on my mind all the time instead which yes. was kind of my experience, definitely. Yes. Yeah, and someone else here says, it took me a year and a half to get my sex drive back. I think that's probably quite normal. Yeah, you know, I'd I say. Um, someone else says, who's in the mood for sex when you're angry, anxious, and grieving? Oh, I, mean, I got my spirit animal. Point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so fair enough. Uh, probably <laughs> no one. Um, someone else here says, I just don't want to be touched. We've got someone here who says, after my dad died, I wanted to be touched and held, but I also felt dirty for some reason. Mm, um, really interesting. Yeah. Somebody says, I cry after sex and I also rarely want to do it anymore. And I think it's back to that like emotional release, right? It's, it is like, it's, 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 uh, it's quite, you're being really vulnerable, aren't you? Sex is a very vulnerable act. Um, somebody here says zero libido, none, nada, zilch. <laughs> um, somebody else says, hello, widow's fire. I got very horny and had amazing sex. And I think, Someone else says, I was unstoppable. Like, I mean, back arching like crazy. You wow. go, you go, whoever get that it. is. Oh, uh, get, get it, James, girl. James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Blasting. Um, <laughs> somebody else here said, Widow's Fire is a real thing. I started using apps only a few months after my husband died and I had a real mix of emotions. So somebody Widow's Fire, we'd never heard of it, right? No. So never. like what? What is Widow's Fire, Im? Widow's Fire, it's a real thing that Sal and I hadn't heard about until we put a call out and we're so grateful we did because it's. I think everyone should know about this. Um, so Widow's Fire, according to the internet, is the burning desire for sex following bereavement of a spouse or partner. And it t- probably ties back into that intimacy piece, right, that Megan was talking about. And that sense for like connection as well. Yeah. 
Um, we've got someone here who says, girls, regarding your sex question, the young widow, or at least this one, struggles with this hard. I'm a part of several young widows groups, and this topic is of constant discussion. The term widow's fire is a very real thing, and it comes with an extreme amount of mo- emotional term turmoil i'd love to hear an episode about this because it's so much more common than you would think but i feel like it's still a bit of a taboo topic losing a partner is one of the most difficult losses on so many levels but one of them is the amount of scrutiny you get from others if you start having sex again no matter what you decide to do someone always has an opinion thank you for being so honest about that I think it is really important to talk about and, you know, shine a light on this because especially young, like younger widows, it seems like maybe this is a bit of a common theme, but I think we can get judged, can't we, for wanting to, to being seen like, oh, you're moving on too soon or... You oh, know, you, you can't win. You it's can't either win. too soon or not soon enough or, you know, you should be moving on by now or I think it's too soon for you to be dating. Everyone's got a fucking opinion, but only you know what's right only you know what feels right for you and you really just need to just silence that noise of everyone else's expectations yes Um, and we've actually got a really interesting perspective from a male widower here widower sorry um and he says as a widower here are a few thoughts based on my personal experiences remember that in widowhood you're also dealing with sexual bereavement too And you may feel bad or guilty for craving sex and physical intimacy. Give yourself some grace because it's actually perfectly normal to crave intimacy. I mean, it is, right? Like we are intimate beings. We crave connection with others. Yeah. He goes on to say, I would just say it may not just be physical intimacy that you want or need, as well as craving the touch and feel from another person. You may also crave emotional intimacy and connection, while the former may be quicker to obtain than the latter takes time to build and form. He says, don't underestimate how challenging it may feel becoming intimate with somebody else. It may bring a lot of emotive feelings up of what was or wasn't before you're just um before with your deceased spouse when you've been intimate with just one person in a relationship for so long being intimate with somebody else can be intimidating those physical imperfections that you felt comfortable sharing with your person who died the body parts that you know you didn't feel great about but they accepted you may become more acutely aware of them and really self-conscious and that ease about our bodies that we had before may have have evaporated through losing our self-confidence which can come as a secondary loss in widowhood so don't forget to proceed with caution and be aware that you may still be in an emotionally vulnerable state when entering into a new intimate relationship your special person may have died the love that you have for them doesn't just stop because of that so it's understandable it can sometimes feel like you're cheating and there can be a real mix of emotions i bloody love this community like how amazing is that thank you so much for sending in in that it's just yeah it's so beautiful to just yeah i love this community it's all i got to say on that one me too and he just finishes saying i would love i would say that honor your loved one and feel blessed that you were part of it without having to sorry i'm gonna start again He would say, he just goes on here to say, to finish, I would say that you can honor your love and your past and feel blessed because of it without having to remain or live in your past if you choose to allow yourself the possibility of finding companionship, physical intimacy, and perhaps love again. 
Love it. Thank you for sending that in. Um, so helpful and some real nuggets in there for people to take away. It's been such an interesting conversation and I just, yeah, thank you so much for sending in all of your experiences. It's so important to hear the different sides of the coin and how, you know, grief can impact people so individually when it comes to sex. Um, so we appreciate you all. And we're going to finish off this episode with some good tips and advice as well from our community members. So someone has written in and said, my advice is to take your time. Remember that sex is intimate. Intimacy is vulnerability and vulnerability is strength. Love that. I love that. The one here. Talk it through with your partner about what's going on inside your head and how you feel about sex as if they haven't experienced grief. They just might not get it. A lot of the time they don't. I think that's a really good one. And that can probably relate to a lot of people who have written in for this episode. Yeah, I think so. Just, yeah, having that clear communication about what's going on for you. And if their love language is physical touch, it can hopefully help them feel like it's not them you know, because I think that's really important. Defo. Another one here, respect each other's boundaries, know each other's needs versus wants and show grace. It takes a while. After losing my son to suicide, sex was the last thing on my mind. Someone else here says, try kissing and caressing. There really is no rush. In this way, you don't feel pressure while keeping the intimacy. And I think that's a really good suggestion. Kind of like what we talked about earlier. There are ways to build that intimacy bridge without feeling like you've got to have full-blown sex. Another person here says, allow yourself a break from grief if possible and give yourself permission to enjoy being touched. Another very good suggestion there. Sometimes we do have to give ourselves a break from grief. So that could be something that you want might want to explore. Someone we are here, all for the break from grief. Yes, it's very important. And there's a theory that backs it up. And if you read our book, we explain it in our book. So definitely have a little um, butchers at that. Someone else says, don't compare your speed or need to that of others. And I think that's great advice. Someone else here says, sex for me has been good for me to get back in my body and feel some pleasure. And my therapist agrees. Yes, I think as we sort of said earlier, sex can be a way for us to connect back into ourselves when we feel so disconnected. It can be a way to like anchor into our senses. Definitely. Another person here says, remind yourself that you deserve to feel good. So true. You bloody deserve it. Um, be very patient and in time you'll feel like connecting sexual sexually again. Keep open communication with your partner. Try less intimate things first instead of intercourse, hugging, kissing, cuddling. Make time for sex, almost like appointments. Um, yeah, schedule them in, you know. You've got to do what you got to do to help someone here get back into it. Um, someone else has said, my advice is to be present and focus on doing some grounding techniques with your partner and that might help. Excessive talking with my partner helped me get into the headspace that then allowed me to stick with exploring physical interaction and sideline the grief spirals. Love it. <laughs> After two years, it's still a struggle sometimes. Talking talking with hesitation to my partner has helped a lot. Okay, quick fire. Some final things that have helped others. Communication and taking it slowly. Having patient. Accepting that the pendulum will swing. Sometimes you'll feel sexual. Sometimes you just might not talking about it with your partner, reading a smutty book someone suggests here, which I think, yeah, that's not a bad suggestion. Guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for sharing um, your experiences and your tips and advice. We really, really hope 
this helps and it's definitely a convo that we need to be having more of so watch this space for one on dating and grieving as well because I think that'd be a great one don't you in definitely and don't forget guys we wrote a book you can buy our book via the link in our show notes or our Instagram bio. And if you've loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to it because it can help the podcast get seen by anyone else who may need it. And thanks again for everyone for sending in all your wonderful tips and advice. Thanks guys. See you soon. 